Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Josh Levine, you are the founder of Great Mondays, found on the web at greatmondays.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Josh, I got to know at a high level, what is Great Mondays? Tell me about it. Uh, well, Great Mondays is is, a, is an idea <laughs> that if you know why you do what you do and you're, you feel aligned with that, then you're excited about doing work. You're inspired, excited about showing up to work. I feel like we're spending too much time working and to, to, to dread it. I know not everybody has the capacity to, but I think certainly more do. Um, and so if we're able to love what we do, we can have a great day of the week. And so that's the name that I use for, I started with my agency. So I have a culture consulting group. And then I published a book also with that name. And it's, um, it, it people resonate with it. And, and that's, it just feels really, um, you know, it's kind of reflective of my positive, optimistic point of view, where it's culture, I think, is this business tool that leaders should embrace because it it not only improves uh, bottom line by improving engagement, but it does that by improving the work lives of the of employees, the people who are making it happen. So it's in this kind of world where people are looking for more than just that the dollar sign, you know, what else can you provide for them? How do you create uh, a system or a foundation or an environment that they can feel, you know, more purposeful in the work that they do and and get what they need. Curious, do you have like a certain process that you tend to follow as, as you work with clients or are you tailoring it to fit some individual needs? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because yes. I agree with you totally on culture and I can, we can chase that rabbit all day. So this yeah. is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I first got into this, um, I actually started as a brand strategist and had done some work at an agency, a couple of different clients on the inside and helped 
get um, people engaged in what they were tr- like, what the business was trying to do. I realized when I was in brand that, you know, we were, we were creating these brand promises, but then these companies weren't able to deliver on it because the employees didn't have that story. And so that's how I started to kind of get into culture. And I realized that there wasn't a formula, there wasn't a process, there wasn't any rigor to culture. It was more reactionary, like, oh my God, things are bad. Let's add a ping pong table. And so that to me is like the the really the 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 kind of the crux of this. And so what I did is um, created six components and it's a system and that I actually outline in my book, uh, also called Great Mondays, as I said, it's um, that allow that enables a leader to understand that there are ways to kind of that to come at this to be able to use this as a business tool. And the first three components, are about the design. So if you were thinking about a map, it's like, where are we headed and how are we going to get there? And the second three are about actually getting there, the operation and activation. So that the 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 what I really try to do is take my clients through that. If they have that foundational piece already, fantastic. Let's just work on then um, articulating that and implementing that. So what I'll do, I'll uh, let me let me just tell you the six components, and then we can kind of go into them if you want. We can touch on them a little bit. Um, I've got a lot of resources uh, on my website that you know folks listening can absolutely go check out. It's uh, they're all free, and there's a lot of really good stuff videos that I've I've recorded on this. So um, it's uh, the first three: purpose, values, and behaviors. So purpose is that north star. It's why you're in business. You got to you got to be able to answer that question before people ask that question before your employees ask that question because they're going to business is not easy, and so there's going to be you know long nights and you'd be like why am I doing this? That's the answer. Why is your purpose? Values are your how. That are the those are the three to five most important things you're going to be doing in the next two to three years. What are the behaviors? What are the choices? And then the third thing is what I just said, behaviors. That's the center point of culture. That's why culture is important. If there's one takeaway from this conversation, culture is all about those choices that you're making. So you're empowering people inside the organization to make better choices with less oversight. So purpose, values, behaviors. Essentially, you're saying, hey, there's the peak of the mountain. Here's how we're going to get there. And that line is those behaviors. So those are the first three. Now we've sketched that out. How do we make that happen? Well, but then we go into four, five, and six, which is recognition, rituals, and cues. So recognition, we all are familiar with rewards and recognition. That's how we uh, incentivize people and actually signal to people, um, our employees, what is what does success look like? And so in my model, what you want to do is you want to reward and recognize values-driven behaviors, not outcomes, not outputs. You want to reward behaviors, values-driven behaviors. It's usually, you know, you don't, it's kind of the the opposite of like the, the president's award. Like the president's award is like, I don't know, whomever I think did a great job this year, but you're wasting that, you're wasting that moment. What you want to do is reinforce those values, those those values-driven behaviors. So that's recognition. That's how you start to get people to go, oh, this is really important. Um, Rituals are how we build and strengthen relationships. Now, this is the 
most important um, component to focus on for leaders in the next three years. This is the one that has really emerged as uh, a weak spot or um, kind of revealed from this distributed workplaces. What's happening is that um, relationships are starting to decay. We don't have the square footage that allows us to run into each other and spend that time together anymore. And so what we have to do is actually invest in rituals. So rituals are how you build and strengthen relationships. These are repeated behaviors, things like um, uh, used to be like, hey, let's have a day off and do Habitat for Humanity. And now it's more about um, connecting with others on subject specific uh, Slack channels that have nothing to do with work, right? Like cat moms and dads or whatever it might be, or, you know, Mets baseball, or I don't know, whatever it is. Right. And, and those are the, there's a lot of, actually I have a lot of different um, ideas that I try to share about how to create those rituals, but that's what we need to invest in. And if, if leaders don't, they're going to see those teams start to degrade and that efficiency and innovation go away. So rituals is really, really important. And then finally is cues. So cues are how we remember what we're doing this for. So how do you how do you remind people about our purpose? How do you remind people about their values? Um, and you know you can have a Zoom background that has your values on it. I was just on with a client that has that. That's an easy one to do. There's also stories that you can tell about the origination of the values or the origination of the company that really helps surface that. So it's reminders about how we stay connected to what we're trying to strive for. So that's the six components of culture. And that's the process that I take my clients through in order to systematically build choices and behaviors uh, that others see as success. This is what success looks like. And so we're going to help drive those kinds of choices and behaviors inside the organization. How's that? That's pretty good. That's actually really good because, okay, so I hear the six components, the first three are about design, the second three are about getting there. And, and it's kind of like goal setting, setting the vision and letting people know this is how we're going to get there. And then the, the design aspect is the purpose, the value, the behaviors, the why, the how, and the behaviors that are going to lead us there. And then I like what you said about culture being a choice. It truly is a choice. We wake up every Monday and we can either like a Monday or we can hate a Monday. And it is our choice to respond to what's been given to us. And then you moved into the, the second half of how are we going to get there through recognition, rituals, and cues. And when you talk about the recognition, I think too often in this world, we're so focused on the outcome and we're not celebrating the fact that these people are making choices every day to show up and to contribute to this culture. And they may hit a speed bump in the road, but they still need to be celebrated that they tried. And mm -hmm. we're not just focused at the bottom line of driving that profit number. We need to be able to take care of these people within the organization. And I was just working with a group where we talked about how do you turn failures into successes? And, you know, we're trying to create failure is okay mindset because they're so scared to make a decision that's going to look bad on them. And the company is growing at this exponential rate right now. And the leaders are like, I cannot take on any more. You've got to start making some choices and making some decisions. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to, you know, hang yourself, but just go make a decision and learn from it, buddy. Yeah, and yeah. so it's what you're talking about is valuing those behaviors. And I could 
I, I'll pause for a minute. Do you want to share a story on? on, on yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about so the the outputs versus the process, rewarding the outputs. So if you reward the outputs, you're going to get some um, some possible um, uh, negative behaviors or bad behaviors. So mm-hmm. when um, uh, a few years ago, when the bank, the North American Bank, Wells Fargo, started to uh, encourage, I'll use that euphemism, uh, their bankers to create more activity, to open new accounts, to, um, be able to, yeah. So to create all these new accounts, um, they had, (laughs) uh, put so much pressure on them that there was an endemic issue where they, the company wide, they had opened false or unauthorized accounts. So you're getting this ill behavior because you're rewarding this outcome. Instead, how do you, you know, got to have a conversation. What, what are the choices and behaviors that drive new account openings? And yes, it takes a little longer, a little more nuance, right? You can't say sell, 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 sell more. Um, you know, that's easy, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to reward you for selling X number of widgets, right? And then you get a Caribbean vacation. That's the, you know, it's like type A sales mentality. And I'm not, you know, ignorant enough, uh, ignorant enough to, to think that that's going to stop. But what we need to do is be able to balance that with the, how do you reward those um, relationships that, uh, that encourage people to bring more of their business to the bank, for example. And mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take a longer time, but guess what? It's not illegal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, so if you're encouraging that outcome, not the process, then you're going to get some weird people trying to, you know, cheat the system, right? Like you're trying to get around it. And that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not sustainable. Like it's, it's going to bubble and, and peak and then it's going to fizzle and then we got to clean it up. Yep. And we've all seen it and it happens and the businesses that are remaining vital and just plugging along and showing up and rewarding mm-hmm. for these behaviors and understanding why it is that we're doing it and how are we going to get there? And they keep their head down and they take care of their people with a good culture, which is hard to do because it takes a lot of intention from the very yeah. top of the organization through. Yeah. Um, they're able to, to sustain that growth and continue to grow, you know, year after year and decade after decade, because they're, they're sticking to what they know, which is that culture. Yeah. And, and, and let's go to what you were just saying about um, innovation. Um, how do you get better innovation, more innovation? Um, it's not yelling at people to be more innovative. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that just doesn't work. Like we've seen that, right. We're like, we're going to become more innovative. Go. Right. Yes. Like you have, like, what are the things? So maybe in your experience, you tell me like, what are one or two things? What are one or two behaviors or types of choices that will foster more innovation? So it's so funny you bring this up. It wasn't too long ago. I did a, a board facilitation and went in and, and met with these group of talented people. And they kept talking about innovation and innovation and innovation. And it's in banking. And I'm like, you know, I don't think banking and innovation are the same thing. And you know, it's just, it doesn't align for me. And so, you know, the innovation is we just created a cell phone. Like all we're doing now is just redefining a product and refining it and making it better. We're not necessarily having to innovate and create a new car that nobody's ever driven before. Like 
these things are already there. We're not innovating in that way. We're not changing from the horse and buggy into a car. That's just not the world we live in. There's so much innovation that's already there. We're just trying to improve the process. And sometimes we don't need to create some crazy new product. We just need to build those relationships and strengthen those relationships mm-hmm. and understand what the true needs are. Yeah. And if we serve these people with the needs that they have and lead with that kindness and lead with, with those types of, of conversations, like that's going to create a rewarding, fulfilling culture. We're taking care of our people. They're going to want to return and reciprocate yeah. and take care of the company and make better decisions on behalf of everybody. So yeah, the answer may not always be, you know, I'll throw it out there. It may not always be to create some big, expensive, innovative idea, spaceship. We're going into, you know, we're going to go wherever it is we're going to go. It could just be as simple as how do we redefine some of the stuff that we're doing that's working? And like, how do we make it one and 2% better? And I think sometimes we can boil it down to what are the relationships that we're having with other people mm-hmm. and how, how can we start first with our own, you know, internal yeah. circle and how do we make that better? <laughs> yeah, it's good and effective, but it's boring, right? Like, <laughs> it like that's boring, like not the it? sexy thing, right? Yeah. So that's, it's, I need something this quarter. I think it's short versus long-term mentality. And when you're investing in your culture, it is essentially definitively a long-term investment this is not easy work and it is not easy to get people to change how they work or how they make decisions but once you do it is a self-fulfilling cycle and it improves and improves and improves uh however the opposite is if you don't pay attention to it right entropy like all this energy kind of spins out and it goes down and down and down and whoever's you know it's like what you know if you, you got an asshole, you know, making all the, you know, decisions and they're succeeding, um, then everybody else becomes, becomes like them. And so, you know, we got to really continue to have this conversation short versus long-term investments and, and outcomes. Yes. Tell me a little bit. um, I've heard you talk before about something called the culture classroom. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So it's a section on my website where, um, you know, my goal is to help more businesses embrace culture as a business tool. And so what I try to do is create a lot of tools and um, videos um, and P- uh, PDFs and, and actually created Miro boards that all live on that part of my website. And so that's kind of the portal to all of these resources um, I'm also sharing those resources and new ideas, kind of the very latest and newest ideas um, on my newsletter, One Minute Mondays. And so I send it out uh, once, one Monday a month. And that is where I'm, you know, I basically share with my community kind of the latest thing I'm thinking about or what the new tool is or what I'm doing. So last summer, for example, last summer, um, I recorded a series called Summer School, where essentially we take you through the six components of culture with the Miro board. So if you've ever used Miro, which is this online whiteboard, it's got, we've got, we built templates that you can find on Miro.com. And so here's this, it was a really fun experience. I, you know, dressed up as if it were summer and recorded six episodes with a colleague of mine and we had a great time. And so I'm hoping to provide a little bit of entertainment, but also a little more education around these six components and helping people, you know, I just want to share this out with everybody. And I just feel like sharing it with the world is the right thing to do and to be, you know, to move this forward. I got a big idea that I, you know, it's like, I'm trying to get more people to embrace this. So here, 
I don't, you know, take all this stuff. So that's really just a, just a, uh, something that I'm really passionate about. And so I, I try to do, you know, try to give away as much as, as much as I can. Love it. Okay. So as a former banker, recovering banker, that's how I describe myself some days. Um, we like to measure things. We like numbers. Do you have a way to be able to measure some of this, um, employee engagement? And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think, you know, the executives, they want to, they want to see an ROI. They want to see some measurements. That's just the language they speak. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Great. Great question. Um, So uh, culture is hard to measure directly, right? The output is that engagement. Let's define engagement. Engagement is um, doing anything above and beyond the bare minimum. So quiet quitting is the bare minimum. (laughs) Anything less than that, you're fired. So we're trying to scoot that up. And so if you're invested in what the company's doing, then you're going to increase your engagement. Now, how do you measure engagement? I can tell you how we can, how we, uh, some of my previous clients have measured engagement in the culture tools that we provide. And that I think is a good proxy. So one of the things that we, we encourage folks to do is once we've defined your three to five values is in, help people understand how to manage with that and also identify and um, document that. And so one thing that um, we can do is in Slack or Teams is um, be able to call out our colleagues for these particular values. So hashtag ownership. And I had a, I had one client that created um, little uh, custom emojis for them. And then what that does, that's just fun. But what you can do is you, if you get people to start to engage in that and add that in um, and call out colleagues or whomever, um, there's uh, some tools and some ways that those can get accounted for. So they can be shared obviously through that Slack channel and a client in the office, they have big monitors and that would go up there, you know, thanks to Catherine, hashtag ownership. Right. And that was, you know, that's great. It's a cue. It's also a reward. Um, but then it gets um, uh, they have a tool that then files it into their HR file so that you can actually see when you review their HR file, like, have they been rewarded? Have they been rewarding? Right. Of what each of those values and you can see how engaged they are in that particular value. And if you've identified essentially the behaviors. Right. So what you're looking for when we're talking about engagement, we're not just saying, you know, work more hours that's not that's not engagement we're talking about specific behaviors and we've defined those in the values so then you can say Catherine did this thing which relates to ownership taking on when you know it wasn't her direct responsibility but she knew she had to get it done and so then you can see that and you can see how each of those the managers can see how each of those person is um, people are doing in those categories if there's nothing, then we need to figure out what that means. If it's if there's some, but maybe not one over here. Well, what are you trying to do? How do you engage in that? And it's a it's a conversation. It's not a you know black and white um, black and white thing, right? It's like you 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 do measure it, but it's not perfect. And so that's a great way to kind of systematize now that when and especially now that we're all digital. Most of our conversations can be recorded, can be identified, and so that's a great powerful tool to be able to say, hey, look at our organization as a whole are engaging in our values, our organization, this particular group is engaging in our values. So that's one, that's one way. The second one 
I would say it's just a regular survey or an easy, you know, a quick survey, which would go through the process of awareness, understanding and, and mastery or application. And you can just ask those questions. Hey, do you know we have values? You know, I agree, I agree with this statement. I don't agree with this statement. Um, I understand what those values are. I use, and then I use those values. I apply them and how I manage or how I live. And so, you know, is it direct measurement? No, but it's, it's pretty good because it's, it's relative and you can see kind of those three um, arcs, right? Those three curves, awareness, um, understanding, and then application or mastery of that. So those, that would be the other way that I would suggest build that into your um, annual or quarterly uh, questionnaire that goes out to your employees. All right. So we've talked about folks that, you know, are doing good things with culture and, and the positive side of it. Um, I also want to just kind of talk about, you You used a term earlier, quiet quitting is yeah. kind of that bare minimum of that employee. And I think we've all been in those environments where we, they quietly quit and they're sitting at their desk and you're just like, you just feel it, you know, just pulling people down. Um, and I'm curious to hear, you know, how do you stand up to individuals who are kind of undermining that teamwork and creating that, that quiet quitting? Do you have any mm. thoughts around that? Yeah, it can be insidious. I mean, it's powerful when you have one person that actually can, um, is, is engaged, can improve the tenor of the group. If there's someone that is not or disengaged, they can actually bring that whole group down. Um, the I would say that you don't need to do very much in order to get that that message in there as a leader. It's like I think you can assign, you can basically address it, and you're gonna address it full on. There's too many, too many, I would say Americans aren't willing to have direct conversations. And in fact, when there's an issue, they just create a policy to fix it when what we need to do is have more direct conversation. So number one, direct conversation saying, hey, what's going on? And it's, um, if they're actively undermining, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, instead of saying, hey, why are you being such a jerk? You gotta say, what's going on? And you know, you realize that what's happening here is actually impacting. And, they, and if you're able to get them to articulate why they feel dissatisfied or disengaged, then you can start to solve that problem. If they really are a problematic, um, you know, uh, I just follow the kind of the Zappos rule of hire slow and fire fast. And you don't have to tell anybody why they went because that story is going to spread like wildfire. And once that happens, you better believe people are going to get in shape where it's like they're undermining the team and they're, you know, it was just not getting the right thing to do. Now, I do think that we need to have improvement plans and that's fine. Like, I think we need to be able to engage people and give them the opportunity, right? Culture is all about helping people be their best selves. And we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Something's happening at home. Um, something, you know, it's like something that's not under your control, but hey, I want to support you. How can I support you? Um, now, the the there's another element to this, which is how, as a manager of a team or a department, you have control here, but there's all this other stuff happening. I don't know. Is your CEO engaged in the culture? Yes, no, maybe. So that can be hard. There can be things that you just don't control. And you can say, I'm sorry, 
that's not something I can, uh, you know, it's like, that's, I can try to do something to help you with that. But if it's something over here, then that may not be something you can control. The good news is you have your sphere of influence, right? Even peers that are, have no formal management position or leadership position, you can define your group's values. You can decide how you want to work together. You can, you know, be positive and optimistic in a way that helps bring people forward and, and elevates them to be their best selves. So, you know, I think the, the conversation with quiet quitting is you're not giving me enough, right? The un, unsaid conversation is I'm not getting enough value from this organization. So I'm not going to give any more value than I need. And so what you need to do is be able to provide more value for that person. And if you can, and that, you know, helps, then maybe you can, you know, bring them back. Yeah. As an executive coach, I see a lot of people are struggling having the courageous conversations and um, this is probably not, well, it, it's, it's funny after the fact, like most things are in business as you get through it. Um, I work with a bunch of different CEOs and um, this one backed up the manager and somebody was having a, an attitude within the department and this younger person stood up in front of the group and said some stuff that probably shouldn't have been said and they got fired and you know we're just not going to tolerate it and so they the joke was you know sometimes you got to shoot that hostage because like we're not going to allow this person to disrupt the rest of this business and sometimes you're going to have to fall and unfortunately you picked the wrong time to vocalize something in a very open manner you know, if you want to criticize, criticize to the side, but don't be doing it in front of this group because the leadership has their back and it's just not going to be tolerated. So, yeah, I mean, um, you, just, you live, we live in, you know, this is a business. It's, it's not a commune, right? It's yeah. not a kibbutz. It's, it's, uh, it's a business and you gotta, you know, it's, it is culture. I've heard people say a culture is the worst, uh, is the worst behavior you're willing to tolerate. Mm-hmm. It sort of falls to that. And yeah. I, I can appreciate that, that perspective. And yeah, sometimes you do. It's hard. You just, yeah, you just, it's you not just easy. Have... And afterwards you're just kind of like, well, I mean, I got to back these people up. They're running this stuff for me. And like, this is number one important yeah. is taking care of, of, of this business and, and leading this team. And so yeah. sometimes you do have to have those, those hard conversations. All right. So as we start to kind of wrap up, I want to address the fact there's a ton of tech layoffs that are going mm. on that we're all very aware of. Um, I see nothing but, you know, great opportunity and hiring opportunities once this finally kind of shuffles out. Um, But at the same time, the folks that are still there, they're having a live in a whole kind of different culture than Mm. maybe what what they were used to. And so we're having to probably lean on them more in different ways that maybe they're not used to. And I'm just curious, Mm. what are your thoughts with the culture of those folks that are still in the organization? And they've seen a bunch of layoffs. They're still there. They're probably working long hours, a lot of uncertainty. Um, what are your thoughts around, you know, the mm-hmm. culture in some of those environments? Yeah, it's a shared responsibility. Um, you, you have to really, it, it is the tendency of leaders to go, well, we have to do more with less. And sure, I get that. However, you are making a business decision if you don't have the money to pay these people, then the jobs can't get done. We can't do it that fast. And so you have to have an honest conversation about priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it's like, oh, it's just one person. And then it's two people and then it's three people and it's, you're going to get burnt out. So I think we're right back at the long versus short conversation. So yeah, 
if there's a certain amount of time, you're like, okay, I can cover this for X number of days, weeks, but it is not a long-term solution. And you need to understand that as an individual contributor, you need to understand that as a manager of your individual computer uh, contributors and of leadership and leaderships need, needs to understand that if you're going to cut 10,000 people, then 10,000 people worth of work, 40,000 hours a week of work is not, are not going to get done. And so there needs to be, and I don't, I just don't see this in enough organizations where leaders go, here's where we're prioritizing. You just can't, I just feel like it's such a underappreciated skill prioritization. Um, I have a client, a client where it's like, here's our, here's the year's top, you know, 12 priorities. And you're like, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Like none of that stuff's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the, that you can't have four priorities for the year. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it's not going to be as effective and they need to make better decisions. Now I understand they're under pressure, got to do this and that and the other thing, but that's, it's a shared responsibility. Leaders need to understand what they've done. And individual contributors need to have an honest conversation and say, I cannot work more hours than I have. I cannot do these things. I cannot work faster. So we need to have a hard conversation. What would you like me to prioritize here? I think that's, you know, it's true with like product releases, right? Features. It's like, let's have all the things. Oh no, they're doing that too. We need to do, we need to add that feature. And you're like, mm. I always think about, I think we have the opportunity to kind of see the practiced prioritization of um, Apple. And I think it's a good example because we have a long timeline to look at and, and we have direct experience with their products. And you can see the features that get released and they have made a very disciplined decision about what to invest in and what, you know, what's going to be put down the line. And they have, the, it's the most, it's the most profitable company in the world. And they're still you know, they're still prioritizing the things that are going to get done and things that aren't going to get done. And I just think it's such an interesting opportunity, a real life case study to watch in like the discipline of prioritization. So hopefully that yeah. someone answers the <laughs> partially answers the question. <laughs> I, I appreciate your, your honesty and transparency throughout this whole thing, because that's, that's what it is. It's having yeah. these courageous conversations. It's getting back to what do we need to do and do it really well, whether it's time management, prioritization, defining what the culture is. Even when you look at culture, you prioritized it down to six components, very clearly defined yeah. and even subdivided into how do you design it and then how are you going to get there? So like you create a lot of clarity around something that um, not everybody maybe knows how to really get in there and execute. So I appreciate that about you. And I'm curious, um, people want to learn more about you. It sounds like you got some pretty cool stuff coming up, maybe a podcast. Can you talk yes. about how people can keep learning about you and all absolutely. your resources? Absolutely, absolutely. Going to be launching Great Mondays Radio this year in 2023. Um, and so anybody that wants to learn about that, you're going to be able to find it in all the podcast places. Um the you can learn more about the show and if you you or someone you know uh might be a great guest we're always looking for awesome guests we have essentially um the tag here is uh candid conversation with culture leaders so if you are a culture leader uh, we're looking specifically for high growth tech organizations culture leaders there or have experience with that that is, that's the kind of person we're looking for. Head over to radio.greatmondays.com. That's where you can apply or send your uh, friends over. And like I said, 
earlier, greatmondays.com. I've got a lot of free resources and please, please, please um, follow me or find me on LinkedIn and let's connect. Uh, AKA Josh Levine, as you, which you can search for there. Um, it's Josh Levine with the little lightning bolt is kind of how you can identify. There's a lot of Josh Levines out there, but I'm the only one with the lightning bolt. So that's me on LinkedIn. Um, please sign up for one minute Mondays. I uh, love to stay connected and uh, hear from everybody. This is fantastic, Josh. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Josh Levine, you are the founder of Great Mondays, found on the web at greatmondays.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm.